Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Emerald Veil. And we're super pumped today because we have one of our good friends and special guests, Camila. She is going to talk all about the walking the path of the wild woman and has so much to share with us about like embodying your wild woman and your womanhood and your femininity and, and your yaya and your yawny. Yawny. We just had this. Uh, <laughs> We'll talk about that, but we talked about the Yanni in another episode, and Ali was laughing like a child. (laughs) (laughs) So immature, but I love it, Yanni. So Camila, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so much for having me. Um, It is such a pleasure to reconnect with the two of you again. Um, We haven't talked in a minute, but I feel like I was just so looking forward to obviously being here and and really sharing my story and my work with you guys. But I was just more excited. It felt like I was like having a girl's day with my two besties (laughs) that I haven't seen in a while. We love it. (laughs) I know. Why don't you share a little bit of how we met? Because we've known each other for, well, for over a year now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we met through an intuitive course that we took together. It was Nikki Novo's Soul Academy and it was her, I think, level four certification called Soul Teacher. Mm-hmm. And we were the Canadian group. There were a couple it- of us. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a really like intensive three-month training of really becoming and embodying and our creative energy and I remember that we really bonded because we would have these practice circles so we would meet weekly and have classes with Nikki who was the you know beautiful Nikki our our beautiful soul (laughs) yeah uh, our teacher spiritual guide mentor all the things um and then we would also weekly have these group circles these sister circles where we would get to practice on each other and we were the Wednesday night crew Yes. <laughs> and yes. And I remember just so looking forward to like spending time with you ladies and getting to know you ladies. And I feel like, I don't know, it just felt like you guys were so vulnerable and so like authentic and real. And I just, I miss that. I really do miss having those sister circles of like talking to women who are in this space and who are doing this work and really being honest about the journey and the wild journey that one begins to walk when they get involved and into this line of work because it is not for the faint of heart and (laughs) and, yes (laughs) as we know and it really is going against what society and culture and even you know our families have taught us as the acceptable good girl path right totally there's a yeah so I feel like and and you know what's been really beautiful is is we were talking before we were recording about how you know at the coming to the end of the course all of us were sitting there going like we're not worthy we're not ready (laughs) And then, you know, having all of our like freak outs and dark nights of the soul and questioning like our sanity. (laughs) Um, I still question my sanity from time to time. (laughs) I think if you don't question your sanity, you're not living life to the fullest. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 And it's just been so beautiful to watch you ladies like bloom and blossom and build this just incredible but like so light-hearted um space this healing deep healing space like the work that you guys do is so sacred and so holy and so divine but what you guys do that's really lovely and really refreshing is that you don't make it so heavy Mm. and I feel like you know I feel like we've been programmed to think that like when we're working on ourselves or working on our personal development our goals it has to be this like hard heavy road and I love that you guys show a different way and I feel like you guys are trailblazing this whole space of like it doesn't all have to be tears and pain and suffering you can you can you can cry and laugh at the same time and I think that's (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) right So you called it. 
I do the laughing without the crying. And the- <laughs> I, get the, I get the whole the whole realm of the whole thing. I love it. I get the full I meal. Love deal. your emotions. <laughs> hey, I'm I have so much water in my sign. I have Pisces and Cancer. Me too. And- oh, her too. Yeah. 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 So I'm the <laughs> I same. Can way. Hang out on your like. You guys should like call each other on Zoom during those times of sorrow and just cry it out together. <laughs> I could just see it. Like, just do it together. I see it on Zoom daily. It's like a cycle. It's, it's like- it is. It's a wave. I call it, like, we, because we're like the water, we're like the wave. And we feel yeah, the wave maybe. of emotions. And so that's yeah. just, it's exactly the same thing. Like, this whole week of me, I just moved in with my partner. And this is, we'll talk about, we'll get into this soon about, like, me really, like, following this wild path. Yeah. But this whole week has been me, like, crying and then being ecstatically happy. Like, <laughs> You know, and like what my stepdaughter and my partner are looking at me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm great. But like, I'm mourning. Did we just invite her into our home? (laughs) Oh, they're so used to it. Like, (laughs) I love this. They're like, oh, she's just cry happy dancing over there. You don't know. All of the things. All of the things. Just yeah. Let her be in the backyard. We warn the neighbors. The wild woman dancing in the backyard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're getting used to me drumming. The drumming. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Even better. I'm like, yeah. So awesome. I got this beautiful drum. Um, Ooh, I'm just showing it to the ladies. But yeah, it has like Father Eagle on it, and then it has the serpent for the Shakti energy. Mm. And I've been drumming like a wild woman to get through the stress of this, of this move. <laughs> this transition. Well, that's a great way to move the energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You like maracas. I do. Right? I, I have a maraca. Yeah. She likes her maraca. I mm. use it in healings. I just like. Yeah. The energy up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I have one too. It's, it's from, yeah. it's a Peruvian like um, rattle, like a shamanic yeah. rattle. I love it. It's so Ooh, healing. I just have a baby rattle. <laughs> You do what you got to do, man. Use what you got. I got it from Walmart. I got it from Walmart. That's awesome. Amazon. Thank you. Thank you, anyway. Mandy. She doesn't like it. Okay. That's the next question, Allison. Oh, okay. So, um, what? Share. Share the story. Oh, okay. We have, we have questions. We have some questions for Camila, and I'm trying to get Allison. She's trying to get me into the divine masculine state right now, and mm-hmm. I have a hard time with it. So there's a question I need to ask. Hold on one second, okay. please. Okay. <laughs> um, share the story of what brought you to the path of developing your intuition. Yes. I did it. Hey, so it's quite the unconventional story. And I, yeah, and I want to say it was my body. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I was born very intuitive and very, very sensitive and very imaginative. Like I, my mom got called in preschool. So I was born in Poland. I now live in Canada in Winnipeg. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was born in Poland and I, my mom, my mom loves sharing the story. I was born with this, which is so beautiful. I think like this patch of uh, moles and there are this birthmark and my grandmother had it and my great grandmother had it. Um, And it's these like these little black moles. And I eventually ended up having to get them removed because they were cancerous. But my mom got a call from the preschool. I was like three years old. Because I had, you know, completely caused chaos in the class <laughs> <laughs> by telling everyone that I was, I told them the story about like my moles, my patch of moles, because they're right on my neck. And then I told them that I was born with two heads. I was born with a light head and a dark head. And because the rest of my body was light, they chopped off the dark head. What? And that's what. <laughs> that's what yeah that like my poor parents right like (laughs) and that's what remained of my basically twin sister (laughs) I love that but like that probably was true well it is true that's the thing it is true but you just imagine a three-year-old telling a bunch of other three-year-olds and they're like nightmares dragon lady I love it right so I was definitely very different growing up I also was born (laughs) right 
was also born with a lot of like health issues. Um, like my whole childhood, I was in and out of doctor's offices. I had weird allergic reactions. Like every single photo of me, I have like eczema or like crazy, like cold sores and rashes. I was allergic to everything. Um, and then fast forward, I was even like at one point in grade three, um, got this like life threatening disease that I, and I almost died. Um, because it was, it was called Kawasaki disease and it's typically a disease that infants get, Mm. but I was like dying. The doctors had no idea what it was. They couldn't figure it out. And like my church was praying for me at the, like, you know, like my parents were like calling in the priest, like I was going to die. And at the last minute, um, one of the doctors was like, well, what if it's this? And it was, and he ended up saving me. But, and then, so it was just like weird little things like that, that would happen constant, like just not really feeling super healthy, super good. And then I got my period really early Mm. and I got it in grade five. And that's Mm. when things really just got just like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, really horrible in terms of just feeling really not good in my body. Right. Because I had really horrible periods. And I also went like over 25 years undiagnosed with something called premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And yeah, so it's called PMDD. And so I would have these fluctuations in my body. Basically, your body is allergic to the hormonal fluctuations that happen in your menstrual cycle. And so I would have these periods, these crazy bouts of depression and anxiety before my period. And actually, another part of that is suicidal ideation. So I've actually tried life during those episodes. Um, I've checked, yeah, I've checked myself into mental institutions. I just, because, and I felt very alone in this because in the culture that I was raised, you know, being Polish immigrant family, very Catholic, very traditional, um, mental health was not something that we talked about. And it wasn't until later in life that I found out that mental health and some of these issues are an ancestral um, thing that I'm carrying from both sides, my dad and my mom's side. Yeah, And it was actually the spirit of my dad's um, mom, who I've never met. She's the one who actually really started me on the intuitive path. I had been, you know, suffering with these illnesses my whole life. I also ended up getting a huge, in my 20s, I, you know, got a huge uh, tumor in my left side of my reproductive organs. And they ended up having to remove my left ovary and my left fallopian tube. And after that, my periods became excruciating to the point where I, even to this day, cannot do anything for the week of my period. Like it's starting slowly, starting to heal. And it gets, you know, it comes and goes depending on on how much I overwork myself that month. Right. Um, <laughs> But my body, yeah, but my body, my whole life has been trying to get me off the path (laughs) that I was walking on. And and I feel like I was, you know, I wasn't listening to it. And so it it started, it began to scream at me. Right. And um, I finally ended up diagnosing myself with PMDD and bringing it to my doctor and she was like, okay, yes. You know, I was gaslighted for so many years. Um, right. They just kept telling me to go on birth control. I was, I'm so allergic to birth control. Like the craziest mm-hmm. things would happen to me on birth control. They put me on antidepressants, which even is like one of the worst things to do when you have suicidal ideation as a teenager, uh, because it actually causes you to have even more suicidal thoughts. Crazy. Um, yeah. And so I finally just started to like realize I couldn't trust modern medicine. Like I couldn't trust the Western mm-hmm. medical system to help me because they, they, there was nothing they could do for me. They were like, you can get a hysterectomy, but they weren't even agreeing on if that was a good idea or not. Every doctor I saw t- would tell me something different. I ended up even going as far as going on chemical menopause two and a half years ago. And this was kind of like the apex of my journey because I was working in corporate, I had done kind of like followed the path of success that my parents being immigrants had kind of laid out for me, which was like, you go to school, you go to university, you get a good paying job that's going to make you good money that has benefits. Um, I was on that path too. Yeah, we well, a lot of us are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you 
get married and you have kids and yeah. then you work really hard during the week and you get pissed drunk on the weekend with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. No, that's totally it, right? Right. And you live for the weekends and you live for that three week vacation that you get once a year where you right? go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was life. That. And I followed that path to a T in my own way, struggled through it because, you know, obviously my body was not equipped and mm-hmm. I had to like, like, oh, I just want to hug my, my, my former younger self for like being so resilient and getting through, but I got through it in my way. It took me a lot longer um, than most people. And I ended up, you know, taking a year off from university because I got burnt out, mm-hmm. but In the end, I had all those things and I was so deeply unhappy and I was so deeply sick and I had these repeating patterns of, and that's, you know, that's when life is like, I never feel like, I never like the term like failing a a lesson because it's like, you don't fail it. It's, it's not a test. Like life isn't a test of like you, you win or you lose. It's, it's, it's an experience. And I kept getting shown the same lesson and it was about, um, like finding a man. <laughs> I'm divorced. This has happened to me like twice now. Okay. Where like I find a man, I fall in love. And then I completely, because of what I've seen, um, mirror to me as a child, I completely start to mother that man mm. and, and do everything for them. Right. Where I'm like yep. doing all the cooking, cleaning. I put so much pressure on myself to look perfect, to look a certain way, to look really good because Again, Polish women, that's what we're known for. You are always put together, doing really well at work, you know, being super accomplished, like getting a lot of um, raises and promotions and accolades. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) This is so so unsustainable. And it was like, and then, you know, the marriage obviously was not – healthy and it was not we were we were not meant to be together Mm -hmm. but it was one of those things where it's like we and we knew it right before we were married we were getting married like we were just not seeing eye to eye on anything but you know the deposits on the on the wedding was down all the things were ready and I remember being like well there's no going back now right we'll work it out work it out yeah and so (laughs) it was interesting because what ended up happening at the when I got that tumor that's what woke me up and I was like, okay, I need to walk away from this marriage. And it was the bravest things I've ever done in my life because no one in my family had gotten a divorce. Divorce was not talked about. I remember when I told my family, my extended family, that I was getting a divorce. My aunt was like, well, does he beat you? <laughs> no. What? Well, did he cheat on you? No. Well, then you don't leave. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. So, and also like being so reliant on a man financially, like we were raised that the man took care of all the money and he, my partner, he did, he took care of all the finance. I had no idea what we had, what we didn't have. Like it was just not something that I was. So, so me leaving was like the biggest giant leap of faith. Mm-hmm. that I ever took and I'm so grateful that I did that because now mm-hmm. he's with someone who is much more aligned style and then yeah, I yeah. was able to really like free myself from what would have been a country like stay like country wife which was not not me you know yeah. that's not who I am no um, so that health thing happened there and then you know I left and I did some soul searching But it was still very much like focused on the external, like, you know, okay, so I'm not happy in my life. So that means I need to get a new job. So I got a new job. I'm not happy in my life because I need to be more independent and I need to live on my own. So I, you know, I started living on my own and then I met another, another man and we trauma bonded, but he was Polish, which my parents loved. He was part Polish. Um, he was, and he was great. He was everything I needed that he was, he was very freeing. He was very like, go with the flow. 
Um, whereas my ex-husband was very like regimented and like mm-hmm. very much didn't like me going out. Like we mm-hmm. stay in the country with the country folk kind of thing. <laughs> and so oh he God. was right. So he was like this breath, breath of fresh air. And again, that relationship taught me so much mm-hmm. and it had run its course. But I was like, again, trying to cling on and I knew that it had run its course, but I was trying to cling on because my parents were like, oh, she finally met a Polish man. And like he and, you know, on paper, he had a fancy car and he had a nice house and he had a really good job and he had Polish parents. And like and same thing on his side, too. You know, we're actually really good friends still. We share a dog. Uh, we co-parent a dog. But, <laughs> you know, on his side, he's the same. Like on paper, I was you know, click ticking off all the boxes for him too. But being together for us was we were just so there was so much compromise where it was like, there was no one of us was always like, really heartbroken. Yeah, (laughs) you know, or feeling like they we were both one of us to make the other one happy would have to really sacrifice. So anyways, I ended up having a huge health issue with him that was the catalyst for me then Wow. leaving him and us really like going through this un- like conscious uncoupling. Yeah. And I realized that, and there was this, again, this repeating pattern of like the same kind of same thing that happened with my ex-husband now happening with my ex-partner. And, and so I was you like, know- did you notice that pattern right away? Yes. And I remember, I remember like the, the day that I was moving out of that house, I like l- literally hit the floor I was so devastated and I was just bawling my eyes out crying and I was just like speaking to the universe. This is the first time I like spoke to the universe and I was like, I completely surrender. Like I'm on my knees. Like what? Like I do not want to go through this again. Like this is, you know, this is heart wrenching for me and I just, I don't ever want to be here again. Like, and that day I was like, I maybe not knowing it, but I devoted myself to walking the path of the wild. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And in that, in walking the path of the wild, I started to live for myself. I started to create my own version of the life that I wanted. And it was slow and it was not glamorous (laughs) and it took many years but it is, it, it was the catalyst of me really moving into, okay, like I'm not really happy with my life and changing the external is not the answer. I need to go inward. Yes. Yes. And so did you find developing your intuition helped you like with those tools and those skills to be able to like go within, um, to, to really embody who you've become? Totally. Because it was in that moment where I spoke to the universe that the universe actually spoke back to me. Oh, and how? Through my dad's mother who passed. I had never met her. She died when my dad was very, very young. And also in my grandfather passing as well. My grandfather on my mom's side, my, so my mom's dad, who I had a very, very close relationship with as a child, but he was, uh, like a really, really severe alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew I had mediumship skills because he, like I had them since I was little, but I shut them off because, you know, when you're little, you don't have boundaries. And like, I was seeing demons like, oh, yeah. go, and I, you know, I'd wake up and there was like an entity trying to like take my life force <laughs> out yeah. of me. And I was like, what? So Yeah. <laughs> It's scary, you know. Some of these things are scary. (laughs) 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 But it's true, right? Like looking back at it now, now that we know, we're like, yeah, it would have been as easy as being like literally giving them the energetic finger and they would go, right? Right? Right. Get out of here, scram. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So it was. Though I would say my grandfather and then what really was starting to happen was I started to follow the signs of the universe. And that was really like the message that I got was like, follow your intuition, follow the pings you, you feel in your body. And I started to like, I started to very viscerally feel when I was on path and when I was off path. 
And I started to really pay attention to my body. And I also started to really dive deep into healing myself mm-hmm. naturally and using like, um, you know, uh, homeopathic yeah. methods, energetic cleansing me- methods, because I kind of realized that Western medicine was not doing, was not cutting it for me. And so the more that I came into the body and the more that I started to pay attention to how my body felt when I was around certain people, that Mm -hmm. was the first thing. It was like, you know, I would hang out with somebody and I would like feel so, you you guys know this, you you hang out with somebody who's like an energy drainer, like an energy vampire, and you just feel so drained. You feel like, you feel sick because you just, you're not able to be your authentic self around that person. And so I would just like start to notice how my body felt around certain people and then I started to feel like this, I always had this like itching feeling that my career was mm-hmm. not what is that, that is like being a communications director was not what I was supposed <laughs> to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept thinking like, okay, well, what is it? What is it? And the, and for me, the way that um, I really start to play, started to play with my intuition was I was like, I, I can't get this like I'm just starting. So like, I'm starting to like reawaken and I would be really hard on myself, which I find women are very much like this. We're like, I need to get it hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I gave myself a summer of like, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to like run into the fire with some things, like learn the lessons I need to learn. And I'm not going to put like, and I, but I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to really journal. And I journaled for a year. Every morning for a year, I journaled my experiences of like listening to my intuition, what worked, what didn't work, because I'm a writer, right? So for me, that's the way that I was really able to like hone into my, okay, so when my body does this, that means that's a good thing. When my body does this, that means, whoa, (laughs) back away, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's what really led me to, there was this one day. And I started to play with the universe. I started to like play with manifestation and I started to play with like really calling out and calling on like my dream life, really getting, getting clear on like who I am as an authentic soul Mm -hmm. and what I'm here to do. And then I started to just play with like, okay, I want to, I want to do, I want to become this type of person. Like, how do I get there? And I would see these like experiences come up like these lessons come up that like okay well you have to deal with this shadow or you have to deal with this trauma and there was this one day where I was walking in this forest I just moved from I'm gonna start crying because I miss this 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 land so much this I manifested this house it was my first house that I ever bought was this is the house I was in when I met you ladies okay Um, okay yeah and so Right. That I just moved from and in with my partner now, literally this week, but I was in this house and I was starting to have a lot of really, this, this, this house chose me, this land chose me. It was, it backed onto this bio reserve and there was so, there were so many spirits like ancestral, um, indigenous spirits that lived on that land. Like I call them like the land keepers, like the earth keepers and so many animals, like, oh, I miss all my animals and I hope they're okay. <laughs> like, all my little wild, like all my little wild animals that I would feed. Um, I literally felt like Cinderella living there. But um, I started walking this land and the, the trees started to talk to me. I'm not kidding you. The trees were talking to me constantly. Um, I started to have all these visions, like my, my, my clairvoyance really turned on and it was during this walk that I was on in this house that I heard a podcast with Nikki Novo on it. Mm. And I started to really dive deep into Nikki's courses, her other courses, the Soul yeah. Academy courses of like really developing your intuition. And then I got the craziest like validation that I was on the right path when my dad's mom, like I said, whom I've never met before, appeared to me because I started to have these these visitations from from spirits. And they started like, off as... When you were like awake or at night? No, when I was awake, but it was like I was laying down in meditation before bed. So I was in that theta state. I always right. meditate before bed. Um, and that's when I have a lot of my visitations and my shamanic journeying. But so she came forward and 
very, very like I could see what she looked like. I hadn't even seen a picture of her. Okay. Um, but she told me who she was and she showed me this energy that I had. And she was like, you're not from here. Mm -hmm. And she told me that I was basically a star seed. So she's Mm -hmm. like, you're and, and her exact words were, you are not of the earth, but you are here for the earth. And (laughs) yes, and she told me a bunch of messages for me, a bunch of messages for my dad and a bunch of messages for my sister. And she also told me that they were starseeds as well. Um, Yeah. And that we were like a soul family kind of traveling together. And I was like, okay. And she told me like a few more things about like, yes, this is your path, like walk this path, blah, blah, blah. The next morning, I didn't really know what to do. I was just starting to come out of the closet to my family about this kind of (laughs) stuff. But I called my sister and I told her and she's like, okay, you have to tell dad because she had a really beautiful message for him. Mm -hmm. So I called my dad and I told him and he goes, it's her birthday today. (gasps) Wow. Oh, that that gave me full blood. I did too. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Wow. And then I described what she looked like. And she, in my vision, had these, this blonde hair, but it was, like, styled in this, like, basket braid around her head. And my dad was, like, she was known for those that hairstyle. Wow. Like, she was known for, like, these elaborate hairstyles that she would have. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So cool. So your grandma, who you've never met in, in mm-hmm. Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she validated the path that you're meant to go on. So you're how do you like, you're on this path of like really embodying your, your wild womanness. So how do you describe that for other people? Like, what is that? How do you describe what that means? Yes, I love this question. And I actually really want to hear how you guys feel about this and how you the both of you also navigate Okay. This uh, journey, because I know you guys are both on the path as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was with Goddess Ice started. So mm-hmm. Goddess Ice. So in this year of of you know this last year, twenty twenty one of this like spiritual reawakening, as I call it, I started to realize that I had like a posse or like a mafia of like compassionate helping spirits around me. Yeah. Um, that were really, really here to help me and guide me along. And goddess Isis was the first one to come forward. And very strongly, I still, I, I mean, I speak to her every day. She's my main, she's my main guide, mm-hmm. uh, my main ally. And to me, she really embodies like source, like mother goddess. Like she, yeah, she's, she's my mama. And <laughs> she always, she came to me and she spread her beautiful like rainbow wings around me. And she always sits behind me and she's always like whispering the wild woman's seance <laughs> and the wild woman's song into my ear. And she also started to really help me to like start to work with my body because my body I really do believe that our bodies are technology and that they are, we are, they are, it's, they're so underutilized, especially women, like women, our bodies, the things that our bodies can do that our bodies are biologically programmed to do are out of this world insane. And Yeah. yeah. And I started to start to get this kind of like, gentle nudge from Isis of her saying and she would she would show me she was like everybody else is walking down this path right Mm -hmm. and she kept showing me this visual of like people really gray like gray uh like almost like shadowy walking down like a conveyor belt and everybody's just like walking down the conveyor belt and she's like you are a part of a group of souls who are were planted in onto this conveyor belt mm-hmm. but there is like a signal that will wake you up and so I started to see in this vision all of these beings turning gold and like lighting up and mm. then like starting to like we all started to like look 
around and seeing everyone like walking, you know, down the street conveyor belt and noticing that like the conveyor belt was like actually at the edge, like leading you to like off a cliff to your death. Yeah. Yeah. And so a bunch of us that had like woken up started to like realize we need to get off this path. Like (laughs) This is is the path of destruction, self-destruction really. Right. And so she was like, this is not your path. And the more and more that you try to align yourself to this path and, and walk the norm of what, you know, society and the patriarchy and the masculine and all the things tells us we need to do, the more that you're going to get earthquaked. Right. Yeah. And we're going to keep earthquaking you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the visual though, because it just feels so true. Like we're programmed to be on this conveyor belt right we are programmed it's just it's just how life is and so I'm like oh like just seeing it as like all of a sudden and it is when we an awakening it is an awakening because when you're on this conveyor belt you're just like you're there's no I don't know like you're you're just focused on what you're not kind of like questioning around your reality and so it's like I love that visual you're just existing yeah and so then all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden like somebody going and being like wake up and then you're like what the what are we doing I feel I love that yeah I feel honored and uh that I have woken up Mm. do you know what I mean like I feel almost um there's a sense of like responsibility almost once you know that you're awake and that you're meant to help awaken others there's this sense of responsibility that you hold yeah that you can be like hey neighbor on this conveyor belt hey wake wake up. up Don't fall off that ledge. But what's beautiful, yeah, but what's beautiful about it is that there's two things I want to follow up with this is that it's not our job, though, to wake others up. No. And that was something that really took me a while to learn that Mm -hmm. it is not, it's actually not conducive to that soul's journey for me to shake them and be like, hey! <laughs> Wait, God, you're gonna die. But it, it feels like at the beginning of the journey, it does. like it feels like when you first wake up, that's what you want to do. You're yeah. like, hey. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like you start to realize where you're like, well, that didn't work. Um, and so it's kind of like in the sense like they're showing me the visual of like after doing your hey, wake up. It's like you mm, living in your truth that you it's like you're you become this warmth and it just starts to mm. spread and mm-hmm. in a way it starts to um, seep into them well yeah and kind of defrost them yes naturally right just by you being your light so like all these gray around you starts to kind of maybe defrost a little bit yeah. I don't know if this is what I'm I getting. love this that. is what's coming in I like that. that is profound Allison <laughs> no I love that and then the other part of it too is that so when that defrosting happens I love that um the other thing too is that when that that then when that person is ready to wake up what I see my role then is like being that helping hand yes to yes. help them off the path and then guide them into finding their own path mm-hmm. because yeah. they can't walk my path no right and I think that's the other thing too sometimes you know we and I was you know I felt into this too where I was like well I don't know what my path is so I'm gonna try and copy this guru's path or this spiritual teacher's path or I'm gonna try and do what this person's doing but it's not my path Mm-hmm. Every single one of us has our own unique path and yeah. we and our own unique dharma and we are here to really experience and figure out what that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty uh, and this is what also really ties into the feminine because yeah. being on the conveyor belt what what that also does is it's like you're marching and you're constantly like focused on what's ahead, right? Like you're focused on the productivity and you're focused on the goal and you're focused on like what's coming into the future and you're missing out on all the beautiful gold juiciness that's happening around you in the present. In the moment, yeah. Totally. Whereas when you get off of that cycle and you start to really move into walking your authentic path, you realize that there's not really a destination, no, there is no destination because, because we are not finite. This mm-hmm. isn't our only life. This is one, you know, one little grain of sand 
of yeah. our entire multidimensional existence. So it's like, it takes the pressure of, off of like, I got to figure this all out in this lifetime. Like I got to figure life out, to live. Yeah, this is my one life. No. I got to get it all right. No. And that's why for me, and it is not easy when, I, when you are on that path, let's, let's just call it the, you know, conventional path. When you've been walking that path for me, 30 plus years of my life, I tell you it is to this, it is a daily devotional practice of yeah. deprogramming myself and saying yeah. like, and so just to give you an example, like I, you know, in my now path that I'm walking on, which is the wild path, everything is unique. Everything is different. I can't do things the way other people do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it even, even down to eating, you know, like I can't eat the way my body is, is just so sensitive to all these types of foods that like I need to eat my way and there's no diet book and I spent wasted years trying to (laughs) find like a specific diet the keto diet the whatever diet that would like feel good no I had to literally journal it out and figure out when I eat this I don't feel bueno when I eat this (laughs) I feel amazing so these are the things that I feel amazing but you know what but we're human right and I remember just like we're on vacation, we're, we're packed, we were moving. And I was like, I, you know, I need to get out of this dust house. Like I need to get out of this construction zone. And I was like, let's go for dinner. And so we ended up going for dinner and I was like really loosey goosey. And I ate a bunch of things that I shouldn't have eaten. And man, did I pay for it? Yeah. And old Camila would have been like, oh my God, how could you do this to yourself? you know (laughs) yeah exactly right Right? and I was just like no I I told myself I needed to experience what walking the conventional path was Mm -hmm. so that I can remember why I don't do it yes yeah well yeah every time you give yourself that opportunity to remind yourself what you what truly feels good exactly yeah well that's good so let me just check to see our questions here. Do you have any questions you want to ask? Um, I do want to bring up the card that we pulled. Yeah. <laughs> I just mm. thought that was like, yes. She's been like waiting. I've been waiting. I want to minutes. hear it. Okay. <laughs> um, so before we got on, we pulled a card from Work Your Light Oracle Cards by Rebecca Campbell. And we pulled for this episode and we pulled the card, Anna, grandmother of Jesus, seeding the light, laying foundations, divine plan. And Camila was like, oh, like this couldn't have been a perfect. And it's like, what? Why? Tell us why. (laughs) So I'm actually going to close my eyes and bring her forward. Ooh, a live channel. So Anna, the grandmother of Jesus is the original wild woman. And there are so, she is like, so she's such a mystic, like, and a mystery. There's so many like folk tales and stories that like, she lived to be like 300 years old. Um, But she was a mystic. And she was, yeah, she was an initiate, a priestess of Isis. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Like so is Mother Mary, like me. Yeah. And so is Mother Mary. And so was Mary Magdalene. They all belonged to the same um, order. Wow. Yeah. And so Anna, the grandmother of Jesus, to me, represents the crone energy. If you think about the triple goddess, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a uh, take you back a little bit before the world you know, was the way that we know it now with the rise of the patriarchy and Christianity and really what I call um, the, like, they they basically, like, the patriarchy and Christianity also, like, took away medicine and and really gave it to, like, right? Um, We lived in a matriarchal society. This is where actually women were the leaders Mm. and women were the religious figures. So women were the priestesses. They were called priestesses. Um, And they were also the first shamans. 
Mm-hmm. And they were the healers, the mystics. And they had a lot of authority. And what's interesting about, and I'm obsessed with studying, like, the, and it was called the womb consciousness, the womb religion, or the triple goddess religion. Okay. And I'm obsessed with, like, I, this is, this is my, like, where all my academia goes. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I will research this till the end of time. Um, one of the most fascinating things about this time of women being in leadership roles is there was the lack of war. There was no right. war. So we had all, and we lived very much in tune with nature. Mm -hmm. So we were nature. We lived, we were a part of nature. We didn't see ourselves as beings that had to like possess and use, utilize nature for its resources. We were a part of nature. Mm -hmm. And we lived in these matriarchal societies that were very much organized around, you know, community living and tribes and there were all these beautiful medicine people and druids and sages and the crone which if you think about the triple goddess the way that she shows herself is the maiden mother crone Mm -hmm. the crone was one of the most powerful um you know figures in the community because she had so much wisdom right and right and she was so revered and so, you know, when I think about Anna, the grandmother of Jesus, like she was this mystic who, who started to receive these downloads from source, downloads from spirit, like something big is coming. You are here to usher in a new type of living, like Christ consciousness, right? Oh. This, you are here to start a revolution. You are going to, like, you are here for the evolution of humanity and like the amount of trust that that That. woman these women you know mother mary anna and mary magdalene had to have in their devotion and their divinity and their practices in in the unknown um is is crazy because we have to realize that this was when they were here this was around the time when the, you know, the war on women, as I call it on the, the war on feminine consciousness was beginning, right? right? Like it was, it was all starting with like the rise of Christianity and, you know, like women were being burned at the stake and like, you know, like yeah. all of these things, right? So it women were, shifted. it completely mm-hmm. shifted. Yeah, it completely shifted. And so Anna, the grandmother of Jesus, like didn't even see with her eyes what she was bringing in like she didn't get to witness Christ consciousness do you know what I mean like she didn't get to see she didn't get to see what she was here to work on like she didn't get to see that final product while or she got to see it obviously she's an infinite being but like she didn't get to like witness it to its fruition here in her lifetime yeah the amount of trust and the amount of dedication and devotion that she had to have to like see this through. And then, you know, passing that on the feminine mysteries, passing that on to Mary, to mother Mary. Mm -hmm. And I think about mother Mary and like what she's been turned into by the Catholic church. And I'm just like, okay, like (laughs) she was a breatharian. She was so evolved and so committed to her devotional practices like she was one of the most evolved high consciousness beings that she was able to and she's not the only one because there are so there are a lot of other initiate initiates and women and priestesses who have you know immaculate conceptions Mm. and right and so she was able to have this immaculate conception And she actually chose Mary Magdalene to be Yeshua's, Jesus's companion. And Mary Magdalene was a priestess and was like really, you know, working and training and living this priestess life since she was a little girl. Like this was, and she was chosen not to be as the Bible depicts her, as this whore and as this like afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. She was the divine feminine equal 
to Yeshua. She was his wife. Yeah, yeah. And right, and that Christ consciousness isn't just about Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's about the divine feminine and the divine masculine coming together in sacred union. And in that sacred union, you see Christ consciousness. Yeah. But because Mm -hmm. of what's happened with how the story was distorted and all of the, you know, all of the things that were kind of left out, Mary Magdalene was forced to flee after Jesus was crucified. She was forced to flee to France where she lived out her days in devotion and and still amassed a huge following of initiates. And what's happening on the planet right now is this feminine consciousness, which I call the Magdalens, and they come yeah. to me quite often. Um, and they are returning to this planet, and they have returned to, these, to this planet wow. to continue at this time now to yeah. continue the work that they started when they were here before. And so you're seeing a lot of these, priestesses like myself and a lot of these beautiful other women who are emerging again to work with women to help them to really rise up at this time because one Mm. of the things that I when I look at the state of our world today we just Mm -hmm. need our mother yeah like we need our mother we need that mothering energy right now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Like if we just all tur- return back to the mother, then so many of our collective trauma, so much of our he- wounding would be healed. And I feel like that's why I've decided to dedicate my path to walking this wild path, to walking this path of the ancient mother, of living in harmony with nature, yeah. getting off of this crazy, productive like basically like greed commerce driven destructive yeah. path yeah and starting to come back to the way that you know we were meant to live in community with the earth as part of nature yeah. and in community with each other yeah and i feel like that mama gaia that cosmic mother energy is like the healing bomb that's needed for the planet right now yeah so now right now we're going through a shift where we're seeing a rise of the feminine consciousness um which i know we both have you noticed and feel and feeling and you know that's talked about in the community but you're fully embodying that um the rise in that feminine consciousness and you're also a trailblazer i would say as to teach other women how to how to really hone in on their femininity and really embody that as well and release the shackles yes releasing the shackles from the masculine um and the patriarch and all that sort of stuff so Mm -hmm. i think we should roll into a part two because we would really love to learn about how you embody the feminine energy and if you have any tips um, that you can share with our audience on how they can also step onto the path of releasing the shackles of um, the divine masculine and the patriarchy and really starting to really listen to their to their bodies. How does that sound? Beautiful. Yay. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Part yeah. two. Part two. Okay, so That's we're, so we're going to wrap up here and okay. then we will bring um, Camila back for next week for part two. And uh, yeah, that, what a great, great conversation so far i'm so excited to continue i know i was like starting to geek out on the whole uh <laughs> ali was zoned out she was like yeah i'm, I'm yeah. like so into like the history and all of the things like i completely can geek out so when you started going back there i was like what and i'm like i just need to start googling now Part three? i need to start googling <laughs> i was just like I, I really geek out on, on crap like that so um i have some really that. good books and some really good gaia shows Ooh, for you yes. to watch but yeah. yes i love it okay and, like you'll tell us we'll put it in the show yes. notes. okay okay so we will see you guys next week for part two with camila have a good one bye thank you bye thank you